Stuart McCook, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for your interest. You wrote a book on this subject, Coffee's Not Forever. Before we get into the problem aspect of it, what do you mean by that, Coffee's Not Forever? Well, for the last couple of hundred years, the coffee industry has been growing almost uh, at a breakneck pace. And we, I think, in the last 15 or 20 years have hit a turning point where we're seeing increasing challenges to the supply of coffee, uh, a lot of which are rooted in climate change. And so uh, the story I'm telling about the coffee rust is a a part of this bigger story where uh, we're going to see growth slowing and perhaps uh, the coffee production contracting in the years to come. Well, what is coffee rust then? It is a fungal disease uh, that uh, causes the leaves of the coffee tree to drop off prematurely. And if you remember your high school biology, what happens is leaves are vital to providing plants, and in this case, the coffee plant, with nutrients through photosynthesis. And so if the leaves drop off prematurely, what happens then is the fruit doesn't develop properly. And then the other factor, which is a little more subtle, is that the branches don't develop properly, and the branches are what bear the next year's harvest. So the damage that the diseases cause, disease causes is both to the current harvest but also to future harvests. Where do we get most of our coffee from then? And is this problem worldwide if, if coffee is coming from around the world? Coffee is coming from around the world. The latest and severest series of epidemics uh, broke out in Colombia first, starting in 2007, and Colombia is the world's third largest producer of coffee. And then in about 2012, it hit an area stretching from Peru in the south to Mexico in the north, so all along the highlands of Central America. And this region is significant, not necessarily because it produces high volumes of coffee. There are, you know, Brazil and other countries produce a lot more coffee, but because it produces some of the world's very best coffees. Why is this happening? Is this connected to climate change in any way? Uh, It would seem so. In order for there to be an epidemic, you need three things. You need a susceptible plant, uh, and in this case, the Arabica coffee plant. Uh, You need uh, a fungus, uh, the thing that causes the disease, and then you need the right environmental conditions. And when these diseases, the latest outbreaks happen in Central America and Colombia, people, scientists studied the plant and the, the fungus very carefully and realized that there hadn't really been any changes in either one of those things. So they turned their attention to changing weather patterns. And what they found both in Colombia and in Central America was that there had been disruptions in weather patterns, complicated ones, but the upshot of them is that in many places the climate was warmer and wetter than it had been historically. And warmer and wetter conditions really helped accelerate the growth of the rust. So the rust was already present in the ecosystems. And scientists had kind of figured out how to, how farmers could coexist with the rust under previous environmental conditions. But as the environmental conditions change, so too the, the behavior of the disease. Is this similar to what's happening to the banana crops? Yeah, it's all part of the same story, that there are these tropical crops around the world, often farmed by fairly poor people with limited resources. And often farmed fairly intensively. Those things together um, make these crops fairly vulnerable to diseases like this and to outbreaks like this. 
So how might this affect us? To what extent is this actually reducing the coffee crop and especially the high-end coffee crop? Well, farmers in a number of countries uh, have been able to recover. So there was a, there was a few bad years where, for example, Colombia's Colombia's coffee production briefly dropped uh, about more more than a third, and it did send coffee high end coffee prices up a little bit. But then they replanted with rust resistant coffees, and their production recovered. Um, other countries elsewhere in the region have been recovering unevenly. So, um, broadly speaking, the uh, the global supply of coffee hasn't changed hugely. It's had huge impacts within the region. But I think what this is an indicator of is a series of problems like this that we can expect to continue happening around the world in the future. And these diseases and pests are kind of added on to the pressures on coffee growers because of things like changing temperatures and changing rainfall. Well, Professor McCook, does does this mean the possibility of of people deciding to grow such crops further north and in controlled environments like greenhouses is is that a possibility? Um, it's a possibility. Uh, there there are some people already doing some experiments with um, with coffee in California. Uh, I think they're just being grown almost more out of curiosity than anything else. I think where there's hope is um, in research. Uh, there's an organization in the United States called World Coffee Research that is working fast and furiously to develop new uh, varieties of coffee that are resistant to the major diseases and pests that are adaptable to climate change and that are um, also of high cupping quality. But even then, it's uh, a technical fix alone is not enough because one of the challenges is that coffee farmers around the world often tend to be quite poor. And so uh, the question is, how can they afford to switch to these climate-smart varieties? So there are kind of economic and social problems to be solved as well as technological ones. So in your assessment then, Professor, is our coffee future threatened or just sort of keep an eye on it kind of thing? I, I would say um, I would say it's somewhere between those two things. Like climate projections I've seen suggest, for example, at least one model I've seen suggests that globally the land suitable for growing Arabica coffee could diminish by half over the next couple of decades. At the same time, separate forecasts I've seen suggest that global demand is going to grow by a third, particularly in Asia. And so if we're looking at the potential of a declining uh, supply and increasing demand, I think there's, there is cause for significant concern. I mean, I think, I think there, will be, there will be some coffee and probably significant amounts of coffee. The, call, the title, though, of the book is really meant to be a warning that we cannot take the supply of coffee for granted. Um, and that if we are going to have a supply of coffee, we need to make sure, first of all, that we have the right coffee varieties and the right technologies in place, and that we also have the right kind of 
prices in place to ensure that farmers can afford to make the changes that they're going to need to make in order to continue producing coffee. Because right now, uh, in parts of the world, coffee prices are, are so low, or at least the prices re producers receive are so low that um, in some years they're actually losing money on the coffee they produce. Stuart McCook, thank you so much for this. Okay, thank you.